This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, what's up? It's Friday. Why are we doing this show? Well, remember last month, Kaplan, how's it going? Good, good. I got to do more work. What's going on? Why are we doing this? I know, two shows this week. Because remember last month, we did that show with Andrea Jones-Roy, Andrew Heaton, you, myself, our monthly roundtable for the world's smartest podcast network. Well, it's been a month. So this is our second roundtable. It's that time of the month again to do the show. So we're back, baby. The World's Smartest Podcast Network in the past month. We now have a website. Go to worldsmartestpodcastnetwork.com. Subscribe to, you're already subscribed to our show. That's why you're listening. Uh, If you're not, I guess subscribe, but subscribe to their shows. Andrew Heaton has The Political Orphanage. Andrea Jones-Roy has Ask a Political Scientist. Those are podcasts. Andrea's is also a video podcast on YouTube. And, um, we're all back. What do you think, Heaton? It's been, I mean, Kaplan, it's been a good month. I just if, uh, yeah, you're replacing me already. I see what's going on here. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to be off Lost in America soon. But yeah, it's been a the month flew by. Presidential election is still uh, is, is going to be wrapping up soon. And uh, so we thought we we thought we, we we're uh, are we just talking about what we're going to talk about or what? No, because we're gonna we're gonna do that in a minute. Let's just say we're in, you're in for a surprise. How about it's a that? Surprise. We're gonna change. We're left. We're gonna move it. Move the 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 topic a little bit so do some fun stuff we're going to be talking about politics we're going to be talking about the election but not in the way you expect how about yes. that so That's everybody subscribe to uh, if you're a fan of their show subscribe to our show if you're a fan of our show subscribe to their shows what i like about the network let's talk about the network for a yes. minute i've said this i don't know if i've said this on the air but i've said this in conversation i think i've said it online is that if you're talking about the world of political comedy I don't think we necessarily fit into political comedy. We're more current events worldwide. Worldwide. We have we had no home before this. We were political nomads, sort of like nomads, yeah. And 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 we're non there's not we're nonpartisan by nature because we're not even talking about American politics. So most of our we don't even know what the two sides are around the world. Uh but but then we're fitting it. So Andrew Heaton, he's given you uh, nonpartisan. He had on Howie Hugh, What's that guy? Howie name? Hawkins. Howie Mandel. <laughs> Howard Hawkins, the, the Green Party candidate. He had on Joe Jurgensen, I believe, the Libertarian. 
Yeah, you had on that that lady. That um, lady. <laughs> who I thought was a guy until like three days ago. So yeah. he had both of them on recently. So he's giving you American politics, but from a different angle. Andrea yeah. Jones-Royce just giving you statistics. So you're like, if your question is, why do Latino voters in Florida, why are they Republicans? Guess what? She's going to tell you. She dives into all the statistics of all yeah. that. So all of this is nonpartisan. All of it's fun. All of it's a way to learn without getting, without getting preached to. I don't think any, anyone on our network does that. So that's it. Should we no. just get to the show? We, it's a smarter show. It's going to make you smarter. A smarter podcast experience. There we go. Let's play it. Play the show. All right, so we're back. What's up, everybody? We're doing. We're talking about propositions today. Because here's the thing: Heaton, Andrea, Kaplan. Uh, nobody wants to hear about what our opinions are on president. You know, everyone. The our the, the network that uh, or the 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 provider that puts out our podcast, Lost in America, with Kaplan and I. They sent us a thing a couple of weeks ago saying, "Hey, is it okay? We want you to encourage your listeners to vote." And so. We can make it. We can help you make an ad campaign, and we can drop an ad in the middle of your episode, telling everyone to vote. And Kaplan and I came to this conclusion that, like, if you don't know there's an election, <laughs> and you need the two of us to tell you on our dumb yeah. podcast, you shouldn't be voting. Yeah, I, I'm gonna and I'm gonna go forward a little bit more. I I think if you are actively listening to multiple political podcasts, you're probably yeah. inclined yes. to vote. I like you're you're, you're, you're not never gonna, gonna yeah you're you might even yeah. do it more than you should. You're more likely to commit voter fraud than not vote if you're listening to all. Yeah, you're all, gonna go all vote in podcasts. all the states you've ever been registered in because you can, but don't. But you could. Mm -hmm. You could. Oh, voter fraud is real. Well, Wait, right. what? Because yeah. I'm having a lot of trouble just, right I now. I just sank the voter fraud argument. Uh, you don't unregister. You you're supposed to unregister when you move, and I have never done that. And I have voted in Connecticut, Michigan, and New York. At the so same I time, I assume I could vote from in Michigan. I have not. Citizens arrest. Yeah, I I wish I knew that because I am having so much trouble. Uh, you know, I I had made my abortive trip to California and then went, oh no, this is a bad call, and so I left. And I was like, well, I'm not going to register to vote here because then they might tax me, and I don't want that. I see no reason to pay California taxes this year. So went to, went to Oklahoma. Was like, all right, this makes sense. Parents live here. Like some of my stuff's in storage here. I guess this is yeah. where I live. Okay, and uh, registered. But then like my name got reversed. So for like a month. The voting commission thought I was Heaton Andrew and couldn't find me in the system. We finally figured it out, and I've requested the uh, the the, uh, the the uh, the the mail-in ballot, and I haven't received it yet. And so, like, it would be nice if I had a backup option, wow. Andrea. If I was like, well, I guess yeah. I'll slum it in Texas. I might maybe I, if I'm I, apparently I'm still registered in Travis County because I've heard every single day from multiple Democrats in, in Travis County that call me up. Well, here's the thing. This is a perfect podcast for people who are voting in multiple states. Yeah, that's because right. <laughs> what we're going to give you today is all the propositions that we've found around the nation that you should care about, that you should be voting on. And if you have, if you can't vote in many states, fly around, vote from yeah. state to state on election day. Even a regional road trip. I think we've got some regional um, centrality in a few mm -hmm. of these. Because, yeah, we don't want to give people opinions on the presidential election, but we do want to give you opinions. We want to put our brain into your brain and tell you how to think about these propositions. That's right. And I'll add to that, too. I think that we pay so much attention to presidential elections, like like voting drops precipitously when there's not a president on the ballot. Uh, like mid midterms it's always like do less than the, the yeah. yeah. 
And, and, if, and if you were to do like uh, just referendums and ballot initiatives outside of a presidential election, very few people would vote for them. And these things are the things that actually kind of really directly affect you. Like the, the folks that you're voting for, for the state legislature and the city council, the people that can irritate you the most, not the people that can like threaten the economy in a, in a vague, distant way or like give you night terrors. Right. The people that can put speed bumps in front of your house or like zone away a liquor store. Yeah. Those people are all local. And so it's worth paying attention to these. And ballot a lot of those. So I was looking at I voted this morning morning in new york no big deal and there were very few where's your sticker uh, andrea your is sticker? a hero. i don't see it uh i have a pen here the oh. lady the weirdest thing that anyone has ever said to me happened today i signed my thing to get the ballot and she looked at my signature and she said you should learn how to finger paint and i was like what are you talking about and she was like yeah you could finger paint all around your signature and I was she was like, trying I to see if you're committing voter fraud. I don't feel she good about tell. this. Yeah. Um, but there were no like super local. I was expecting hyper local initiatives like what you're describing. And apparently all those were over the summer and spring in New York. And I totally missed those. So Can that's my I ask your question since you brought it up. Why do we do the signature method? Is that the is that our entire defense against voter frogs? We can't do IDs. So it's just like your signature matches. Because I mean, yeah. you could, you can, you can, Matt, you see the thing. You can look at people. If you're a good handwriting person, you could copy someone's signature enough to pass that test. Yeah. I mean, not, not... <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, where, where, where it is pretty safe is um, mail in voting is very safe. It's very difficult to fabricate that. Um, 30 of the states have uh, computers that analyze you, uh, your, oh. your signature uh, on, your, on your card and on your ballot. And on top of that, um, I think all of them do this. Uh, they, or at least most of them, have a serial number specific to you that is the ballot, which means that it would be very, very difficult to actually counterfeit a ballot and do it. So mail-in voting is, is very secure. It's also incredibly error-prone. Like the error rate is so much higher than all other forms of voting that it has all sorts of problems, but fraud's right. probably not one of them. Uh, but yeah, for the other stuff, though, I, I think on the ground, yes, I think you're right, Kaplan. You just kind of walk in and it's more or, yeah. or less the honor system. And uh, and then they look at your signature, maybe. But if, if you just walk in and, you know, I'm like if, if I'd been in New York, I would have claimed to be Andrea. You can do that the Andrew. You can and then sign it yourself. Also irritated her. Andrew. Andrea is very similar. Yeah. And, so and you, the key thing yeah. really is that a New York uh, vote in the presidential election is really going to be what shifts it. So it's, uh, <laughs> well, that's, you know, I'm, true, yes. that's I'm from exactly Pennsylvania right. originally, and I've never voted in Pennsylvania. Because I don't want my vote to matter. I'm the yeah. opposite of everyone. <laughs> too, yeah. much I, too much pressure, exactly. I'd rather be a front runner. I jump on who's going to win either way. Yeah. And I vote for them in yeah. either California or New York, the only states I've ever voted in. So much better. You 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 want to have zero impact and be a I'm a bandwagon fan. Yeah, of like, I'm a bandwagon voter. Non-swing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I, I like this. This is this is also the most honest American yeah. voter like, I've ever matters, met. Not uh, your because I, feel like, I vote for the winner in every election this way. I always He's un- Cap's undefeated. <laughs> well, I didn't vote for Trump, actually. But <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Other than that yeah. one, I went Gary Johnson, though, so. I, in the I 90s, Sha- uh, Kaplan's favorite sports teams were the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> the <laughs> Yankees, Cowboys, you know. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, but so should we get to these? Uh, uh, should we start, yeah. start going through these propositions? Yeah, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. One, everyone does one each, and can, then we'll do a so second can, round of one each. How about right. that? And we'll go back around. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. We'll keep going. Snake draft. Uh, who wants to go first? Heaton, do you want to start us off? You know what? Okay, mine's gonna get like dry. Can I can I make a request? Andreas sure. has Let's wolves. Start with yeah. the wolves. Can we kick it off with wolves? With I want to hear about uh, that. So I'm excited about this one. This is Colorado Proposition 114, hmm. the Gray Wolf Reintroduction Initiative. 
Uh, it's the first of its kind, uh, which I think is the first time that a popular vote has ever voted on wolf reintroduction. Wolf reintroduction has been done before, but this is the first time it's a popular vote. And basically the idea is Colorado wants to take a whole bunch of wolves and put them in the western half of the state. And apparently they used to be there and Americans slash humans killed them all like 100 years ago or something like that. And the idea is that it will restore the ecological system and cause uh, a better balance uh, between, I'm not a biologist, so I'm not totally sure of the details, but it basically will keep like the grazing animals from grazing too much and it will keep some other crap from getting fucked up. And so we'll have these wolves. Uh, but the problem is, is that people, yes. Dr. Andrea yes, Jones. People don't like it. People who don't like it. It has a lot of uh, popular support, but the people who don't like it are like farmers, for example, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. who uh, say that the wolves will come and like eat their bison or cows, whatever they grow. <laughs> You're also not a farmer? Yeah, also not a farmer. Uh, and so one of the big criticisms... Ah, uh, Colorado bison <laughs> industries. Those good yes, mountain yes, bison. Yes. I, <laughs> known as, as for as their bison. Another season, win for China. I have a lot to say about this. Uh, uh, very informed opinions. Yeah, so basically it's a, it's a rural versus urban divide a bit where a bunch of urban people who care about the environment are like yeah more wolves of course wolves are awesome but people who actually live in the area and are trying to make a living are like actually we'd prefer to not be swarmed by wolves so that's what's up for for vote can i, I go yes I, I i think that's actually a great description really? of that breakdown andrea like i think you <laughs> nailed it because it's yeah no it's it's people that are pro-environment but also like Wolves do yeah. tend to eat cattle. <laughs> like yeah. They do go after calves. Like, so you are directly affecting the livelihood of the yeah. people that will be dealing with it. Uh, no, don't I they only eat well cattle if, oh, sorry, don't they only eat cattle if they're in packs? Is that? Uh, I don't know. I think they, uh, I, it would not surprise me if they go after cats. No, no I, I mean, they're, they're in a take pack, a like a pack of wolves. Right. So well, if I think you release them separately. One. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like one in a time, one square, yeah. Or, or, or only release like introverted wolves that don't yeah, like cooperating with other wolves. And then they'll like go after squirrels be, and stuff. In some I think states, that's a good you idea. can have a, a dog that's like up to a quarter wolf. Maybe just like four of those. Would that do it? I don't know. Why don't, what were you going to say? Yeah. I think we release them in the suburbs as well. There we go. And so it's a <laughs> terrorized a level <laughs> playing field for everybody. And Honestly, then we'll see how, you know. I think that's the most classic. Like, I'm voting for it, but not if it's in my backyard. So let's right. put it in your backyard. Trump says there's a war on the suburbs. What about let's the make city? It real. What yeah. about yeah, Denver? Exactly. Let's release so the streets to Denver. Let's up to this. This morning, I was reading about how New York is swarmed with rats, and the rats are more aggressive than ever because the rest. Yeah, they're angry. Perfect. There's no Whatever. people. They're wolves. pissed off. I would happily fill Lower Manhattan with wolves. It would make everyone better off. Yeah. But would dogs? They would eat. The, they would eat the rats. It would. Uh, it would. I, I, I can't think it would make the, the smell yeah. any worse. Uh, and yeah, I'd rather look at call, wolves than call. pigeons. I, I, so I like. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all in favor of this. I'm, people, I'm, uh, but I guess put them back in hotels. I don't want to get into that right now. But uh, that's, the, that's the, the one. Is available. Well, it is yeah. one of the great. Tri- like wolves were. Dogs came from wolves, right? That's where they. And there's like not. A, yeah. There's like a billion dogs in this world because everyone loves dogs. With the dogs. Mm-hmm. When dogs and wolves get right. along, though, like are they going to like. No. I doubt th- it. Because they're the same DNA, though. See, I don't that's a problem. So. I think, if a wolf eats somebody's dog cat in, in the... front of a lion, I don't think it would go well. So you're right. saying in my little dog Pancakes, yeah. who's a little Maltese Yorkie mix, <laughs> and is very aggressive to big those dogs that kind of look like wolves. She's always like barking at them, attacking them. Uh-huh. So if she sees an actual wolf and she does that, that dog's gonna eat her. Yes, I think. Yeah, that so that I'm out on this dog. proposal. Yes, I, yeah, I, I think that it's a <laughs> I'm virtual in. certainty. I, I conversely. 
I I am uh, I am very I love trees and I love dogs and so if there's an initiative in front of me that's like plant some trees or help the the canine greater species all in favor of it I think yeah. they should crank them out uh, and uh, yeah I I like it I'm sorry about the the the, the farmers that I'm related yeah. to a bunch of farmers and so I might hear about this I don't know maybe we'll we'll come up with some kind of like state wolf insurance policy oh, i don't know i just insurance. i like wolves you gotta a get it if you're a farmer everyone's got wolf wolves insurance, insurance. <laughs> by, by all states yeah that's the new game of thrones season that comes out afterwards where all the starks just get wolf insurance uh yeah. in the end my I, um <laughs> what was i gonna say oh the, the one comparison everyone's making is to yellowstone which did this like 25 years ago and apparently the debate was more or less the same and everyone in colorado now is pointing to yellowstone and saying it was generally quite good uh, for the environment, mm. but then other people are like, yeah, but Colorado, by the way, is different from Yellowstone. And yeah, more people are trying to make a <laughs> good argument. That's, that's the argument. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different hey, yeah. Andrea, Andrea, did you say that they're, they're introducing them I to Western so. Colorado? Yeah, it's just the Western Colorado? side, like past the mountains. Yeah. Western so if you don't like it, go east. I, but that, yeah, because the, 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 the Colorado part of Colorado that's basically Kansas is in the east. That's where the, the cattle yeah. is and that's where the, the farming is. So if you're doing it in the mountains, that seems to me you yeah. just have cooler it's, mountains. It's uh, designated have... lands west of the Continental Divide by the end of 2023. So we got a few years to warm up to this as well. Your Coors Light's going to taste like wolves, but, you know. <laughs> it's going to have little hairs in it. Other, other possibility, and this is going to sound crazy, but I swear this is a real thing. There are guard donkeys. <laughs> They're miniature donkeys, Good. and they are bred yes. to oh. fight coyotes. Uh, we have them in Oklahoma. They, uh, you, you'll get like one donkey. What do they do? They kick? Like, how do they fight the him? They just have like a big boot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they, they kick and headbutt and they're just, they're very aggressive. And, and like, cause coyotes yeah. will take out a calf. Uh, coyotes yeah. are like coward wolves. Like coyotes oh, yeah, are I like know really coyotes skinny eat dogs. coward that wolves. That I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah. And so, and so they, uh, you can get these, uh, these donkeys. So like, uh, yeah. maybe double That's down good, on donkeys. Good in, invest now in defensive miniature donkeys. Big. I think is the takeaway. All of this sounds like a commercial that will work its Excellent. way into my program eventually, even though Excellent. it's all. Big donkey accurate. will be in support of this. Good yeah. to know. They're one of so, the obvious. So what do we have? We've got Cap. You're against it. Heaton Turner. I'm against you're for it because I'm pro little cool. dog. <laughs> I'm for it only if it eats Kaplan's dog. <laughs> okay. My dog okay. would definitely. That's how she's gonna go out. She's gonna pick a fight with a with a with either one of those rats you were talking about, and it's gonna take yeah. her down, or a wolf yeah. once they introduce yeah. it. <laughs> but uh, and, and he, we know Joe Biden's for it because he wants to destroy the suburbs. So we're putting him on a list. That's right. Of, I'm for it if we can put it mm-hmm. in downtown Denver, as you said, and it can, you know, a wolf, wolf, wolf versus hippie battle is what Ooh. I want to see. Yeah. yeah. Can we give wolves <laughs> a bunch of edibles and see what happens? That will happen in Denver, right? Well, I'm sure yeah. that would be the solution from the Denver. Yeah, the right. hippies in Denver. And if there's any social distancing problems, those are going to go away after That's about right. 7 p.m. <laughs> uh, if you've got wolf packs running around at night, people yeah. are going to buy their business. Kaplan, you want to go next? Yeah, I was gonna say I have a friend. We have a friend, a friend of ours whose whose move is to pick up girls at dog runs in Denver. So they would be against <laughs> it if wolves come in and clear out all the dog runs. That could be another de- another problem. But by the way, this guy's name coincidentally run, his name oh. coincidentally is Eric Wolf. Yeah, he's a Patreon subscriber, I believe. So <laughs> shout really? out. Um, anyway, yeah, I was gonna go. I was gonna start with South Dakota, which is you know one of those states that you know California, Colorado. These are states that influence the nation. And South Dakota, maybe not so much. So people aren't paying attention to their initiatives as much. But uh, yeah, as South Dakota so it goes, doesn't go so the nation. There the haven't country. been any other corn palaces. The Bellwether but, County. Um, they have a constitutional amendment B that legalizes sports betting in Deadwood. 
and uh, requires that the, the, the local revenue from such activity be dedicated to the historic restoration and preservation of Deadwood. Like so, the TV show? That's Deadwood? what I was going to ask first. Oh, that's there's a, a place. Re- that's a place called Deadwood. They, they don't <laughs> mean it. <laughs> that was my first question. He, man, right. we, these uh, he's, these uh, liberal elites. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen that on HBO or whatever. It was. Okay. Yeah. I, I am I am a hundred percent in of favor course. of this. Like uh, like I'm I'm I, I'm gonna hold back from going into monologue mode. But like if if you're gonna like it's gambling, it's your life. You can gamble. That's fine. The state need not intervene to protect you from your own idiocy. It doesn't exist for that purpose. The only thing I find weird about this particular uh, uh, ballot initiative is that they're limiting it to Deadwood, which doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why. They would go, man, they sure can't handle it in Leaky County. Man, people would, like, gamble their lives away. If, oh, if they go to Broken Elbow to South, are, South Dakota, everybody will be poor. But if we do it in Deadwood, good old cosmopolitan <laughs> Deadwood, we think the people can handle it there. Just do it across the whole state. So I, I hope, like, if you're in South Dakota, absolutely vote for that initiative and use it as a pilot program to get gambling in your state. Yay, freedom. Well, those yay, real cities in South Dakota. I love it. Can I ask? I love it. Were those real places, Pete, or you just made those up? Uh, I, I'd have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I made them up. I've got I've got like a list of like town names I recycle in my mind. Like I also like like Gout, Gout, Gout County, County is what I bring up a lot. And uh, Jowls. Gout and, County. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jowls I'm in favor funny. of this um, as long as all gambling debts are settled by shotgun. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yes. <laughs> Dual. Like you, your Second Amendment and your gambling must go together. So yeah. that's that's the yeah. linked issues. I mean, I would think like I have a bookie like old fashioned. You know, that's what that's how a real man had gambles. Yeah. But I don't know if they have mm-hmm. the, the, the organized crime contingent to have bookies in South Dakota. So this is probably providing them a good service. Mm. <laughs> if if anything, if, if it induces the mafia to move in, it will just make the state oh, more ethnically it. diverse. I, I see no downsides to this whatsoever. Now you got an Italian quarter. <laughs> good for you. And meatballs. I cap. What are the arguments against this? Are people just like the the. Uh, patronizing kind of like, oh, people don't know what they're doing. Gambling is amoral. Like, is that the main thing? I think that's always been the argument against gambling. I mean, it's a fascinating thing. Gambling was illegal in most of America for most of our life, other than Las Vegas and Atlantic City. You could always play, uh, you know, blackjack and cards, but you could never sports gamble. Yeah. And Indian, but you still couldn't sports bet there. And then all of a sudden, like, you remember, remember about 10 years, it used to be used to bet online when the internet first started. And then Congress passed some weird law. Heaton probably knows, remembers this. Uh, where they just banned it, they basically, they made your credit card companies you couldn't um, right you couldn't gamble online. Your credit cards wouldn't work, and then that was like last decade. And this decade, everyone's going broke, and they're realizing, oh, a great way to raise money is gambling. So now we have it everywhere: DraftKings, FanDuel, all this. Stuff. I think they're realizing that it's a good way to make money, and it's incredibly difficult yeah. to enforce. And so, if if you're going to have a dumbass right. prohibition like gambling. Uh, eventually you go, oh, maybe we should just tap into this keg rather than trying yeah, to Yeah, I mean, New York State, for some reason, I don't know if it's the mob bookies who were paying our governor off or whatever, but for some reason, we're not talking about legalizing gambling here, and we're, like, broke. So I, don't, I think every state should have it. Uh, you know, when you're in, like, New Jersey where they have it, you could be on your phone, you could place bets, and then you go to New York, you, the same website doesn't work, the same IP. So they can enforce that we type of VPNs stuff. need VPNs into Jersey to do sports betting? You do if you don't have a bookie, yeah. So. All right. <laughs> or, All right. Or take a take a – you know, like if like if you go to the UK, they just yeah. like have gambling. Like it's not even a big deal. Like like for us in America, like as as uh, Kaplan pointed out, you know, we all grew up where like outside of uh, Indian casinos, like Vegas was like, whoa, they allow yeah. gambling there, and like you just like you could just have it in yeah. a pub and stuff in the UK. Like and, and like no one, right. it's kind of boring. Like if they had a city dedicated to gambling, it would right. be kitschy and weird. 
uh, because it turns yeah, out right. most people can right. handle it. Andrew, yeah, where do you land like on this? Yeah, like a weird prohibition uh, law left over. So is the would, the would the proceeds go to the state, or is it like a Native American proposal? Oh, you think I dug that deep? Where the person? Yeah, no, it's, right. Okay, fine. It sounded like you were going to use it to protect historic yeah. deadwood. Is deadwood a native? It says to the historic restoration and preservation of deadwood, which I find very specific. But that's like yeah, the way they good. get people I, in, I think. I was just going to say, I there. just assume the proceeds are going to go to uh, building up the set of the beloved TV show. That is still the only thing I'm picturing when I'm thinking about I'm, I mean, it's... Oh, so it's film subsidies. Yeah. I saw my bookie recently. This. It was good to catch up. He's, his business was hurt like everyone else with the pandemic. Right. But you should see the clothes this guy has. My, 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 he has nicest gloves and nicest shoes. That's where all my money is going to the proceeds of. So it's better to support a historic <laughs> district in your town. Yeah. I, yeah. I support it. Yeah, no, I'm in full support. I, uh, as a liberal elite, I love the idea of restoring this uh, movie set. To, <laughs> this uh, town that you didn't know existed? Ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you... thought it was done. It was the Old West. I didn't know it really Wait, can this. I ask both Kaplan and Andrea, what did you think Deadwood, the TV show, why did you think that name existed? I thought you didn't it was know a that place. That's... I didn't know it was a real place. place? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a fictional, like, Old West place. It doesn't <laughs> sound real. It sounds as real as Broken Elbow <laughs> yeah. and Gout and all the rest. Deadwood, yeah. South Dakota. We... It's where uh, where Buffalo yeah. Bill got shot. He got now shot in a poker cool. game. He was a character which, on the yes. show. It, it checks out. Don't you remember that, episode you know. four? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andrea and I are the real elites uh, in this crew. Yeah. You guys yeah. are the you are the men of the people, Turner mm-hmm. and Heaton. We are the men of the people. <laughs> You're the Americans. That's yeah. right. I yeah. get that yeah. a lot. <laughs> Good old man of the people. <laughs> Heaton. Paul Heaton. Heaton, Heaton is Paul representing Heaton. the people. Yeah. Yeah, in Oklahoma, I mean. Heaton, give us one. What do you got? You knew about Donald. Oh, wait. So right now, so to recap, okay, just so let's recap I, real quick. We're for the wolves, I believe. Although, Andrew, we didn't get your opinion on the wolves. Oh, for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was against it, but I, I think I was outvoted. You got outvoted. Yeah. And then we're all for gambling mm-hmm. in Deadwood. Of course. Yep. He, we're all for gambling. Yeah. Okay. So I this one might I'm be ready. divisive. You guys ready for this? Right. Okay. We're going to go to California, a bastion of brilliant <laughs> governance. Uh, the The... Prop that I'm going to talk about is Prop 16. This repeals Prop 209. I know more. So yep. as of now, exactly. yeah, exactly, right? 209, <laughs> yeah. enough said. Uh, so 209 was a, an amendment to the Constitution of California that, that happened in the 90s. I'm going, to, I'm going to read it. This is presently the law in California because this is the state constitution of California. Uh, the as, as present, it reads, the state shall not discriminate against or grant preferential uh, preferential treatment to any individual or group on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in the operation of public employment, public education, or public contracting. California Prop 16 wants to repeal that, and so in the name the, of the two uh, groups, progress. Um, it, yeah. in the name of yeah. progress, we we need it's. They, I, I'm going to tip the, the deck a little bit on how I feel about this. It's the idea of uh, a positive discrimination. We're going to discriminate against people, but in a good way is, is the, the idea behind it. Um, the, uh, the California government, so like Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, uh, all the big ones very much in favor of this. The money's been incredible coming in to support Prop 16. Uh, I think the, like the CEO of Netflix and several other companies have all chipped in millions and millions of dollars. The, uh, the opponents to it have raised – so like, let's say it's like I think – $13 million in, in terms of ad buy campaigns uh, in favor of Prop 16 to repeal the discrimination clause of the Constitution. Uh, $50,000 has been raised in opposition to this, mostly from Asian mm-hmm. student associations. And uh, and and so, uh, yet the polling as of now is in favor of not uh, taking out this discrimination clause. Um, so to, to try and be as uh, even-handed as I can in the description of this, uh, the proponents of Prop 16 say that 
the state needs to be unfettered in its ability to aid minority groups. And because as of now, the government is forbidden by law to publicly allocate funding or education based along ethnic lines, uh, it is not able to help underperforming minorities as much as it could. Uh, the flip side of that is discrimination based on ethnic groups is bad. And it doesn't really matter which which ethnic group you're discriminating against. That, Like if you're like, hey, this time, okay, last time we were discriminating against black people, but this time we're promoting black people. The, the, the flip side of the coin is we shouldn't have laws that attribute rights or privileges based on skin color. I, I myself very heavily fall into the latter camp. I do not like this proposition. Uh, and, I, and I'll further say, I think that it's, um, like I read the New York Times editorial that was uh, not surprisingly very much in favor of this proposition. And um, and they were like, you know, there's not going to be quotas. And I was like, well, like there there are in, in the private sector. California passed a law two years ago that requires that all uh, all businesses above a certain economic threshold yeah. have to have, I think, two out of seven uh, people on the board of directors has to be a minority. So they're already doing it on a private level. It won't happen on an, on an educational level because the Supreme Court clarified in 1978 in I think it was. Bake, Bake versus Board of Education, something like that. You can't use quotas in terms of uh, uh, seating allocation or in terms of uh, admission allocation in universities. You can use affirmative action as like uh, one factor among many as like a tiebreaker, but you can't just go, our class is going to have 20% black people and 80% up for grabs. You're, you're not allowed to do that by federal law. So that won't happen. I have a question. Um, what's the argument against, they always say, that you do this kind of stuff. They always end up doing this stuff based off race. What's the argument uh, argument against doing it based off of economic standing? Uh, good, good question. That always seems like a more logical uh, move, and it never seems to be done. No. But, I, but I'm too stupid. I, I am also in favor of that position, Turner. I, I think if your goal is to help people that have had a, a difficult time, yeah. that economic is actually a better way to do it. Um, uh, I, I think the argument is that uh, that – there is systemic racism in the existing structure and that it needs to be there needs to be pushback in some capacity and to clear a space for uh, minority people in order to enter uh, the workforce and enter public education. And that this is a way to uh, to try and offset historical right. problems. So it's like the cops aren't, aren't checking someone's um, bank account numbers before arresting them. Right. Uh, just on the street for no reason. Right. So, no, I like about... that idea where we just walk around with that number and then we know how much we should worry about getting shot. social credit scores. <laughs> We'd all be saving a lot more. I think that would be one thing. Yeah. And the, I think the other yeah. piece of this too, and there is research. And I would just be done dating yeah. forever at that point. That would just be like, nope, yeah, I'm, Patreon I'm out. Number on there. Can I paint zeros on it? Um, one of the other arguments too, as far as like leveling or not leveling, but like adjusting for past uh, injustices is that then once you have more people who are more representative, that tends to draw others into those fields. So when they do research on like women in engineering or black people in finance or whatever, if it be turned out you have a bank where there are more black people, more black people are likely to stay. So there's this idea of like, maybe you could do a one-time hmm. adjustment and that would beget further changes down the line, maybe. I mean, it's one thing to show it in a laboratory. It's another to have this work well. One of the things I think is really interesting about this proposition is I think that it is emblematic of weirdly a very positive phenomenon in America that we don't really talk about, which is that to a great extent, we are fighting about neither of us yeah. wants to be racist. 
and I think you are being racist, and I'm going to stop you because I abhor racism so much. So, like, uh, on on my end, like, I, I like, I, it seems to me that the, the sort of the two ethical spheres that are operating here is one is sort of outcome based. So it's it's looking at like what is the percentage of people in higher education, what is the percentage of people in uh, that are getting public contracts that are that are people of color, uh, and we need to make the law try and adjust that to reflect the general population. I, I'm going more first principles of just I, I find it abhorrent to attribute rights and privileges based right. on skin color. But but I am in my mind I am fighting right. against racism, and I think the people that are in favor of this law are also in, in, very much fighting right. against no, racism. No, I think you're absolutely minds. right, and it, it's a distinction of like what will make racism less less prevalent. Is it ignoring race or is it adjusting for racism? And I think we've tried the ignoring race side, like lines like I don't see color and things like that. And I think maybe the reason we're seeing this sort of thing come back, obviously this year race has been on everyone's mind um, a lot more, is this argument that like you actually can't just ignore it because people's lives are actively worse depending on what race you are. So it's it's easier and I also prefer to not see race and not think about someone's race. But given that people of different races are telling me that their lives are different from mine, I feel I can't ignore it, even though I'm totally with you in principle, Heaton, that it would be best if we just didn't think about it when we evaluate the people. Yeah. Well, for good, I'm not in favor of mm. not thinking about it. And I, and I, I acknowledge that, um, you know, very few people are actually right. colorblind. That, that, that is just, it just right. never occurs to them. But the, 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 the hang up that I have is I, I can't, if if it's like, hey, we need to adjust yeah. the system, great. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and there are certain situations where you can look at the system and you can say um, the system is disproportionately impacting yeah. a, a minority group or something like that. I think like a lot of criminal justice reform is uh, indicative of that where uh, we set like crack standards uh, or, or uh, minimum minimum sentencing for like crack, crack way higher than like we set for cocaine. Crack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, but it disproportionately right. affected black people like that kind of thing. I'm like, right. absolutely. Let's change that. But, but the problem I have is I, I, I fundamentally disagree with giving people rights, privileges or discriminations right. based on skin color. And I and I don't see I, I don't see a way around that. Right. with this particular yeah. proposition. Right. And, and the distinction is like, are we adjusting for the inputs that gave rise to these disparities or are we adjusting for the outcome of this disparity? And I'm with you that unless you address the underlying systemic sources of these disparities, you're not actually going to solve this. So a comparison, not a very good one uh, for a number of reasons, but a loose comparison is Salesforce addressed the wage gap between male and female employees, and they level set one year, and they gave everyone the same wages at the same levels. And within a year, they were back to different levels. So it's like you can keep adjusting, but if the underlying system isn't resolved and the underlying cultural expectations about negotiate, whatever, we don't have to get into that, uh, you're just going to be back where you started. So I do think you have a good point there where it's like, Adjusting it is just as, as superficial, unless you think of the endogeneity that I was describing before, where having more black people in positions of leadership gives rise to further, more organic arrivals of black people in positions of leadership. I don't know if that would happen. I, I, I think right. that that would be good. I, I think like um, I think diversity is a good thing and, and, and having different viewpoints is strengthens any organization. Uh, I just don't want to. Um, I just yeah. don't want to force it uh, no, by right. government fiat uh, because I see that as being too. Uh, too um, uh, inter- interventionist in, in, in private businesses, and, and likewise the whole you know rights and what privileges based on race. What if we consistently gave but, black um, gamblers better odds? Would that yeah, be- in no. Deadwood? I'm definitely out on that. <laughs> that might be a way around it. It should be based on your income in that situation. Based on people, <laughs> I think I have an opinion on this. Let's hear your opinion, Turner. I've developed it over the last okay. thirty seconds. So. Perfect. Here we go. 
I would vote for I would vote for it. Here's why. Because we always need a state to try something mm. so that we can, know in, we can know in practice if it actually works or not, right? And I grew up in the great state of California. I have very different views on it from Andrew Heaton. I know he hates it. I know he hates all of you listening from there now. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I grew up there, and we did – there's a lot of things that we tested out in California in the 80s, 90s, whatever, and then it turned out to be the right move. I'm sure there's other things that were the wrong move, but let's go right move. Okay. In 1992, Kaplan and I talked about this recently on our podcast. They outlawed Columbus Day in California. Not the right move. Italian I grew listeners. up not knowing. I thought Columbus Day was a thing of the past, like slavery. I get to New York. Kaplan still celebrates Columbus <laughs> Day. Everyone does. I'm like, what decade are we in? Turns out they got rid of it. They got rid of smoking indoors when I was a child. I was born in 1982. You weren't allowed to smoke indoors. You go to Pennsylvania. Up until the five years ago, you could sit there at the diner at a, at a Waffle House and smoke cigarettes. Yeah, so there's things you need to test out someplace. California is always our incubator, the, the incubator state, right? If you're sure. one of these crazy, if you're one of these type of people who likes tests, move to California. You get to try it out first. If it works, we'll all do it. If it doesn't work, big deal. I don't live in California anyway. But yeah. aren't we just testing out something that's already, we're just putting, coding something. They've had affirmative action for our whole lifetime. I mean, in the 90s, I felt like if you would have told me they still had affirmative action in 2020, we would have been surprised. Like we would have thought that was a huge failure of society. It always felt like it was going away at that point. People were against. So now isn't the whole point, this is just a way, like a loophole? to be allowed to have affirmative. I mean, well, I don't exactly. We're, it is affirmative. Action, right? back yeah. But we've had it. I mean, they just like, yeah, people have raised objections to it. Well, so, so pre previously, California was forbidden by its own laws from employing affirmative action okay. in public affairs, which is to say that if you're, if you're the state and you're giving out contracts, uh, you're, you're giving it to a road building firm. You couldn't go, we're giving it to this particular road building company right. because it's black owned. You, right. you would not be allowed to do that. Uh, and, and so now, um, if, if you repeal that, you could make uh, economic decisions of, of allocation of funds. And uh, it, it, would, it would have some effect in, in schools as well, because at present, schools in California, by law, are not supposed to take uh, race or are not meant to discriminate right. with race. And so they would be allowed to do that. I think we'll have a 2-2 uh, two, two tie here because, yeah, I'm against this. I don't, just don't like putting it. I like trying to do things to help. But, like, once you put it in that language, I don't like the yeah, language. I, I got to say, I like it. I believe in the laboratory of democracy, but California is a meth lab of democracy. It, like, there's all these these uh, these ideas coming out of it that I, I don't think will work very well. I I, I agree with you, uh, uh, Turner, to a point in that there there are certain things that um, we don't know the consequences of, and those are worth having uh, explored on a state by state level. But uh, for for me, my objection to this is not the practical outcome; it's the it's that I find the legislation mm -hmm. itself racist, and so I can't abide it. Uh, and and I don't really want people experimenting with yeah. what I view as racism. Oh, Turner's a big racist. But, you know, I, I digress, though. I, I think, like, uh, we've got a bunch of ballot initiatives to well, get well, through. Well, let me just quickly and say, so, though, that I I sounded strongly as a yes, and I am a yes, but it's not as strong as I sounded because I do think that hmm. it's problematic and I don't have a lot of trust that it will be carried out well. And I worry about that. And I don't know the details of if it's, like, for business contracts for government, that's one thing. If it gets into, like, broader swaths of society, that's another. So I don't have a ton of confidence about it. But I will vote for yes, in part because of Turner's point, and in part because enough non-white people seem to think it's a good idea, and white people have had uh, a better time of things on average. But Turner is also right that uh, you know class and and finances like, uh, should matter as well. But I'm open to giving it a try. But I'm not a resounding yes. I just want to be clear on the record. 
We need a, so we're, we're, okay, so you're, you're like a Susan just, Collins yes. vote here. Uh, it's, it's, so it's your yes with some yeah. asterisks and caveats, yeah, yeah, but you're yeah. still voting yes. Okay, so it looks it sounds yeah, like we, we need, got a, we need a fifth vote, justice here. Uh, that's, this is good. Yeah, is Amy free? I don't know. Yeah. All right, so we're split on that one. I'm going next. We're going. We're sticking with California here. This one is, and let me read it specifically what it says, um, Prop 17, and the, I'm going to read it because it's a few sentences, a couple sentences, mm. um, the third or fourth sentence is what, what I'm most interested in. But anyway, Prop 17 restores the right to vote to people convicted of felonies who are on parole, except if you are found mentally incompetent. You uh, cannot vote. I don't have the exact link. I'm looking mm. for it. I can't find the exact language. But basically saying like, and that was almost like an of course. It's like, of course, unless, you know, people found mentally incompetent. Um, my question is, if we're taking out mentally incompetent people from voting in the United States of America, <laughs> that's slippery slope. I mean, like, <laughs> QAnon, how does a QAnon person ever win? Yeah. You know, I think, isn't there some state in the South or a QAnon, like state, state senator one or something like that on a QAnon platform? Oh, I'm sure that that yeah. happens somewhere. So yeah. is that mentally incompetent thing? To me, you can't take out mentally incompetent people from voting or like, do we even have America anymore? Right, right. Or like if anyone has ever taken like Prozac <laughs> or something as I look at my Prozac uh, prescription, right? Like if you're even remotely seeing a therapist or, or download Talkspace or something. Well, who like decides? Like yeah, who decides yeah. who's mentally incompetent? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think based on what you're saying, Turner, I think I would, I agree with your concern there. I think I would vote yes on this one in that in, in general, I, I am in favor of moving towards giving yeah. felons the right to vote. Uh, I, I think now this is a little bit of a gray area for me because they're on parole. They haven't actually served their time. Uh, but uh, for sure, when you've served your time, when you're out of prison, I think you should absolutely like that's it. Like there's, you, you're not a citizen with an asterisk. You're back to like all things are go. And, and I think we really, really hamstring people that are coming out of the carceral system in this country. And uh, uh, I would love for them to have the opportunity to influence politics because they've seen prison from the inside. And I think it's pretty terrible based on everything that yeah. uh, I've seen. Um, I, I I might even be in favor of just never taking the right to vote away. I think I'd be all right with with felons. Wait, voting. this is like, for the uh, while they're we in have, jail. Like, the largest prison population on Earth. Yeah, really? yeah, I think I would. We've got the largest prison population on Earth. We've got the second highest incarceration rate yep. of any country on Earth. You look at like like Oklahoma, where I'm from, which has the most amount of prisons uh, prisoners. Like, and they're mostly there for drugs. Like, it's mostly nonviolent. It's like people have gone on meth and things like that. Like, like Oklahoma would probably be purple if you let felons vote. And it's not my goal to, like, push it Democrat or push it uh, Republican, but rather just, like, I, I think that um, we are really, really overdoing putting people in prison. And I would rather give those people that are currently in prison for bad reasons, in my opinion, the right uh, and ability yeah. to interact with that. Trump system. will make it legal if he thinks they'll all vote for him. With a, he'll be like, I'll give everybody the right to vote in all the prisons. That's a lot of population. That's a huge swing. There's like a lot of Trump tattoos yeah, that are circulating yeah. around. Let me yeah. just say, wait, let me jump in here because I did read it slightly incorrectly. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> That's a totally different thing. I finally found it again. I lost it in the middle of reading it. No, 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 no. It's, it's basically the same. You restore the right. It's restoring the rights of people uh, who are on parole. Parole. And also restoring the rights of people who are mentally incompetent. Oh. oh. So yeah, why can you lose oh, it for okay. being mentally incompetent? I didn't Let even know that. Yeah. Currently, uh, people are disqualified in California if they are in prison or on parole and or or found mentally incompetent. So this would requalify all of those people. Is the mentally incompetent thing in the eyes okay. of the state like 
the maybe a Britney Spears where it's like you have to have a caregiver who is in charge of your estate. Like, is it that high a level? Britney and then Spears you is mentally. <laughs> well, I think she's like her father controls her life. There's a whole, it doesn't matter why I know this. And he doesn't let her vote. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah, let her I vote. So. I don't know if she votes. <laughs> she's like 45 for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's also a possibility anyway, that yeah. that, that I, I don't know the history of, of uh, striking mentally incompetent people from the voter rolls in California. <laughs> Possibly horrible. But, but it's also it's also possible that it's meant to be a like a defensive measure against voter fraud. Because you you could have situations where like somebody goes into an insane asylum and just passes ballots out right. or something like I, I have no idea. It might have been something you know? like that. Anybody know this? And do kid felons vote? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's they don't have voting in most countries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in some countries, they don't have felons. felons who vote really. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I'm just gonna say I think they should be allowed to vote when they paroled. Because they've lived, you know, you've, as, as he just mentioned, you've been in prison. You know so much about the system. You know what changes should be made. You should have a voice. On the flip side, though, these like kids who never leave their family home, who live at home still after college, they should not be allowed to vote until yeah. they, until you get out and at least pay rent somewhere or do yeah. get a job. Yeah. Take all their votes away. I, I that's the trade off right there. Yeah. yeah, if you're 30 years old and people are like, hey, can you drive me? You're like, I don't have a driver's license. How do you get around? My yeah, mom you, takes me. Yeah, no yeah. voting. No voting. No. You, don't have a, you don't have a stake in this thing. You have no idea what life is like. There's my solution. Yeah. I don't even. There's, there's, a, there's another ballot initiative in California this year that would give 17-year-olds um, the ability to vote in primaries if they are going to be 18 by the time of the general election. So at first I thought this was sneaky because this a lot, like a lot of, a lot of voting jurisdictions will like, if, if, uh, if, if there is a, a left-leaning block in power, we'll go like, right. let 15 year olds vote. Like, because teenagers right. tend to vote Democrat. Right. So like in Scotland, when they were doing the, the Scottish referendum, they were like, we should really let everybody that's 14 right. and up vote because they knew that like the 14 year olds all wanted to do it. So I thought it might be that, but then I looked into it and um, basically they're, they're saying if you were going to be eligible to vote in the general election, then we were going to allow you to vote in the primaries so that you can influence that. And I was like, well, yeah. that makes sense. But I Hawaii has gone to 16. Are, are we, am I jumping ahead? Is anyone yeah. going to do that later no 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 yeah. okay, snake so, draft snake draft you go ahead <laughs> hawaii well so are, are we all in favor of giving uh parole, yeah, I, parole people the right I'm, to vote is that, I'm, yeah. more, is that I'm in favor yeah. of giving mentally incompetent people to vote so yeah. therefore i'm also a yes yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but i want to add an addendum about the millennial or the the zoomers to live at home yeah, 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 yeah. and i also second heaton's uh if you're in jail i think you should vote too i, I like that <laughs> Especially if you're crazy. If you're insane and you're in jail, you get two votes. If you make it at good license plates, you have to make like a, a certain number. You have to hit your quota for the week. Then we let you vote. I think that's uh, slavery, but whatever. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Which, yes. we'll, which we'll get to in a minute because that's yeah, going to be my, already my made his, his stance clear on slavery. So <laughs> let's continue. Uh, should we go back to Andrea? Andrea. All right. All right. So my, my next one has uh, less wildlife, I'm sorry to say, but, um, but it's something I am very interested in. So this is Massachusetts question two. I guess they get questions, not propositions. It's a very inquiring state. Good for them. They're so a very right. the curious like, state. Uh, or Commonwealth. I can't propose, remember which one they are. Insist, are they Commonwealth? Uh, I think they're Commonwealth. I think they're Commonwealth. All right, so uh, question two. Question two would enact ranked choice voting for primary and general elections. Easy. Yeah. Uh, uh, primary and general elections for state executive officials, state legislators, federal congressional representatives, and certain county offices. As of 2020, statewide elections in Massachusetts use plurality voting system, which is one person, one vote, and that's what most of us have in the U.S. So this is uh, just for, I, uh, I thought it was also presidential, but it's not. It's just for 
state executives, state legislature, le legislators, and federal representatives to Congress, ranked choice voting. Now, I am for it because ranked choice voting is mathematically superior to what we have, but I don't love it uh, because approval voting is much more robust and more reliable than ranked choice voting, which Whoa. can lead to screwy outcomes mathematically. So I'm I so would confused. support <laughs> approval voting. So ranked choice voting, you go What's in- approval can, voting? I, can I pick that yeah. apart? For, for, well, first of all, Andrea, thank you for bringing this this back. Like, I feel like you're flirting with me, yes. bringing up ranked choice voting. I like I, I read this email and I was like, wolves right. at ranked choice voting. That's Andrea right. knocked this out of the park. Uh, uh, I, I am also emphatically in yeah. favor of ranked choice voting or or I should say electoral reform in general, moving yeah. away from plurality voting. As I recall, based on when, when you uh, deigned to yes. come on my program, Andrea, I believe a, approval voting is or so ranked choice voting. You just number the yeah. candidates in order of preference. So I'm going to go. Howie Hawkins, Joe Biden, yep. Donald Trump, whatever, right? Whereas appro approval voting is yep. just the ones you're okay with. You're you like, I'm okay with these three X's people. Those two people suck. Can I ask a question here? Yes. In ranked choice voting, are you assigning a number of points? Like first place gets three points, second place gets two points, third place gets one, and then they add up the amount of points that person got? Is that Not basically the system? Not quite. It's added up like sort of in the reverse. So I would go in and go like one, two, three, four, and you would say, okay, who got the most ones? And if there was a clear majority of like half the Americans said everyone was number one, the same person, then it would just be that. But then if not, then you go to uh, you go to twos and erase the ones and say how many people got number two, and then you allocate those points, and so it keeps going that way. It's What's like MVP really voting, good Turner. about it yeah. is yeah. you end up with candidates. You can end up with candidates if you like simulate it that are like everyone's second choice, which feels like. A really great way to go, especially if you have more than two candidates. If you well, only have two candidates, it actually kind of doesn't matter. Could Gary what? Johnson have won four years ago if we did yeah. this? No. He probably wouldn't have won, but he probably yeah. would have yeah. got more than five percent. Because if if uh, if if we'd had a ranked choice voting thing, I mean, like like I think anybody that is outside of the parties that has any type of uh, clout, like let, let let's say if, if ranked choice voting existed. Presumably, uh, Bernie Sanders would be running on the Democratic Socialist ticket of America. He right. wouldn't be running as a Democrat, um, and he wouldn't be able to spoil right. the election either. So, like in the primaries, people would go, "Oh, I really like Bernie Sanders, but I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because right. he seems like a safer choice." If you have ranked choice voting, right. you don't have to worry about that because if if Bernie Sanders ends up not being in the, the top rung, that that vote just goes away and, and your vote defaults to to Biden. So Johnson would have done far better, and I, I think any any ideologue uh, outside of the two party system would would do. Right. Far and another way to think about this system. is it's a way of getting, I mean, voting is a chance for us to share our opinions and say what we care about. And it's a way to communicate more information about what you know and what you want. Right. And so if I could go Biden one, Sanders two, et cetera, et cetera, it's a way of expressing myself more. So there's these ideas of voter engagement might go up because I am not forced to go in and mm -hmm. vote for just the one that I uh, want to win. Or whatever. Oh, right. But, but truly, I do think uh, I know I talk about it a lot, but approval voting is gets us a lot of the benefits of ranked choice voting and it saves us from a couple of these mathematical problems uh with ranked choice voting where you can have cycling mm -hmm. preferences where the group prefers a to b to c to a to b to c to a and that's not good and there's also a few strange and i'm not good enough at math to say but a few strange scenarios where voting for someone higher could actually mess them up because then they wouldn't be counted lower and in the long run you could hurt your candidate by ranking them higher it's unlikely but it could happen with ranked choice Whoa, voting. Okay. And so as ranked choice voting is spreading, I don't understand 
why we're not just doing approval instead. It's also a lot easier. Go in and mark the ones you like because you also have to have a lot of information to be able to rank a whole bunch of candidates, especially for races. Can you can you just slow down for a second and explain? Yeah, yeah we have. Uh, Kaplan right, and I we're not really, this. We don't really fit in on the world's <laughs> smartest no, 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 podcast. Wait, let me say this, Cap. Kaplan and I understand this, but for our audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might not understand all of those words in uh, whatever. I don't know what language that was. You were just speaking it's political Mandarin. science language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did major in political science. I might. Yeah, I should right. yeah. University of Miami. University of Miami. Yes. <laughs> Sunshine, you. Yeah. Um, please. Yeah, I don't know any of those. Anything you were just talking about. Okay. I've heard of approval. what is ranked yeah. choice voting? Is ranked that... choice. I get that part. I get right. But that so was that. So rank choice voting is that the first is, one. No, what was the first, the first one? one? You go in and you rank your choice. Oh yeah, sorry. What was the second one? Approval voting that. is you go in and just vote for whichever ones you're fine with. So for example, <laughs> uh, it's more, more valuable in primaries, as Heaton was saying. Well, like you can vote for everyone but Trump, basically, if you say exactly. you don't like Trump. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Everyone yeah. but Howie Hawkins, if you think he's exactly. too. I exactly. guess. Right. You're yeah. like, I'll be okay with exactly. this. It's like if, you, if you're doing food as, as a family, and you're like, you you mark up the things you'll share. I'm yeah. willing to eat that. I don't love the uh, chicken with garlic sauce, but I'd eat it if I had, yeah. Fine. Right, right. And that's where, yeah, you end up with everyone, you could end up with everyone's like second favorite, which again, in a primary could sound pretty okay. And then avoid some of these problems where you're like, oh, I should vote for Biden or I should vote second for Biden. Second favorite got Trump in that scenario. Mm -hmm. second and you favorite, think of 2016 yeah. when, when the others split the vote and it goes to Trump, right? Like it would probably help with that sort of thing. Like the Republican primary. Yeah, but both, both systems would, would both systems would basically be prohibitive right. to a spoiler candidate. It would, it would, it, there might be some weird mathematical way to do it or to like sort of force the election rhetoric to go a particular direction, but you, you couldn't like, you could not waste your vote or spoil the election in either of the systems that Andrea has described. I think you're right, Andrea, as well, that I think that that mm -hmm. would really increase voter turnout. Uh, so like with, with Ross Perot back in 92, um, when they did the exit polls, uh, like e even though we sort of historically view Perot as having like spoiled the election and giving it to Clinton, in the exit polls, like 80 percent of the people that voted for parole when asked, would, would you have voted for Bush or Clinton if Perot hadn't been in, yeah. said, we, I wouldn't have voted. Like they were he, like and, and generally third party candidates tap that. Yeah. But there's always that fear. And uh, if, if you rank choice voting or, or one of the voting, worst that goes heckles away. I ever got was when I was presenting on voting <laughs> systems uh, oh, at, wow. a, at a conference. And uh, I was talking about the spoiler effect. And I was talking about the 2000 election where many people think that Nader offered a spoiler effect on Gore. And someone in the front row just screamed oh. at me. And apparently there's a whole contingency. And, and perhaps they, they have a point. I, I don't know it well enough. That actually, same as you were describing, Heaton, that if you look at the exit polls and you think about where the turnout was or would have been, yeah. that actually Nader didn't spoil the election for Gore. So there's a very outspoken contingency that is still mad about blaming he, Nader I mean, for spoilers. It might, it might, it might have like, I, I, I don't know about the exit polls specifically because right. it's Florida, this, this, the, the right. state that matters, right? But, um, but, but I'd say generally that tends to be the case. I think like we have an idea of like looking at a, at a pie chart of the American electorate and going, oh, like you know, uh, forty. 40% of the people voted for Democrat, 40% voted for Republican, and 20%, or actually more like 6%, voted, you know, voted third party. And that's not the actual pie chart. The actual pie chart is 40% right. of people just don't vote. True. For, like, 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 I don't care is the second care largest or the third largest yeah. winner in every single election. I don't care if you win the election huh? in this scenario. If we start mandating voting, yeah, they I don't care. probably would win. Yeah. All right, so let's pick some. Let's so who's, wait, who's, yeah. who's voting for this? we got to keep moving. Yeah. Wait. So are we all in favor of this? This is my campaign. I'm just saying. I don't. Yes for everyone. I, I'm. I'm a neon. Yes. I think Andrea. Is, I'm in is favor of whatever yes. they were doing when they were running around those high school gyms in Iowa a few months ago. 
That's what I'm in favor of. Yeah, that was great. That was fun. It was good TV, you know? I'm in favor of this, and I will say one thing. Uh, Ralph Nader did not cost Gore Florida. It was my grandma, Faye, and her entire retirement community (laughs) who all accidentally voted for Pat Buchanan. All right, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. I got got one more. I'm going to bring us to the great state of Utah. Yeah, the great state of Utah. Um, where they are, they have they have a constitutional amendment number C. It's not the First Amendment they list. Uh, the First Amendment is to is to change to become a more gender neutral uh, state. But the Third uh, Amendment is to repeal a constitutional exception on the ban of slavery that allowed for slavery and inv- involuntary servitude as punishment for a crime. So apparently in Utah, when they wrote the state constitution, they copied the language from uh, is it our Thirteenth Amendment, the one that banned slavery? Whichever one banned slavery, they copied that language, but they threw in this little uh, except in the cases of, of a crime, like a little loop, like a, like in, if the Seinfeld episode where the butler. Well, and, and I should say that that's, oh, that's in the oh, Constitution, too. The Constitution <laughs> pro- pro- prohibits involuntary servitude except when uh, as is, part of a prison sentence. Well, we oh, it's actually in prisoners there. have to do stuff. Well, well, like make your uh, make your license plates, Captain. Yeah. Like, exactly. Well, so basically in Utah, they've decided a bunch of religious leaders and civil rights leaders have decided that in Utah, it kind of leaves open the interpretation that slavery is okay. I guess they're there because most Mormons don't go to jail. They don't know this is a thing that happens in prison. <laughs> <laughs> they're not experienced with life in the inside. So they, they look at their state constitution. Everyone reads their own state constitutions all the time. Yeah. And they read it and then they have trouble explaining to their kids why slavery is illegal. If uh, someone someone gets a speeding ticket or something, uh, so yeah, so they're they're gonna they're gonna write this wrong. I don't know if anybody wants to make the case because we have some Kacharians among us for slavery. To, for <laughs> slavery in some situations, is anybody? Well, I have a question. Is yeah. this is this just the like the prison situation? Like they want to make it so you can't force people to do indentured servitude and slavery while they're in prison? Because isn't that how all prisons work? I'm not saying it's the right thing, but isn't that how it works everywhere? I believe I mean, so. Yes, that's that is the that is the standard procedure. I okay. think you're you're correct, Andrea. And there's actually I, I was I'm glad you brought this up, Kaplan, because I was going to bring up uh, uh, Nebraska Prop One, which is basically the same. Nebraska Prop One would would prohibit involuntary servitude in the carceral system, uh, and uh, I am very Wait, much in, there is in the prison system. Uh, I, I, so you can't be forced in to the make prison things. System, yeah, yeah, no, Utah's. I was reading an article about it. They don't mention the prison system at all. They're just talking about like. Oh, really? This is just oh, so more this is of like a, a, I think, a symbolic gesture that, like, we actually have a state where technically slavery is legal in some cases, and right. we don't want that to, you know. So. I I think that that would have court ramifications, though, because if they're using the phrase involuntary servitude or labor, uh, and and they and they they like mention like and they mention like even in prison or something like that, then that would mean if you're a warden and you go, hey, we're forming a chain gang, we're all going to go work on uh, the bison farm. The, the, they go no, we're not going to do that, right? So like that would yeah. that would have a legal effect on the labor that could happen. It says in, here, in it says prisons. here, it's about uh, as part of a criminal punishment. I think it is part of. I think he said yeah. they're trying to change right. it to say, except as punishment for a crime where of the party shall have been duly convicted. So they have to add. Maybe that's what they wanted. They're going to add, like change it to say as a duly convicted. They're going to put that in. I guess. Or this it, is it the least sympathetic question I'll ever ask. I hope. Uh, what would prisoners do in jail if not? Make beach beach so, volleyball. Like, educated and so, stuff. So have you allow seen me to go. Oz? Have you ever seen an episode of Oz? I, I've so I've been like the. 
I've been like the cranky yeah. libertarian this episode. Allow me to go like full-fledged go. Norwegian progressive at this point. Uh, the point of the prison system should be to protect people outside of it and rehabilitate the people yeah. in it. That should be the point of it. It shouldn't be to punish people. I, as a taxpayer, don't want to spend more money to like have somebody gang raped and messed yep. up so that when they leave, they're a broken human being that's going to go right back into crime. That does no good to me. It does no good to society. Our prison system is awful. It and and the and in particular the the servitude here that we're talking about the labor like it's not like uh, a judge even rules that of like a judge says uh, you are you are sentenced to working in a chain gang for a year this is the discretion at the prison at the warden they, like in the south uh, they still like like work on plantations like 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 uh, 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 prisons all over the country outsource their labor uh, to to uh, businesses and corporations because they only have to pay the prisoners twenty right. cents an hour by law and the prison can then rake in the proceeds from that. Uh, I, I think there's all sorts of really bad incentives in that system. It's rife for abuse. Great example of that, if you've ever seen Shawshank Redemption, where the warden's getting kickbacks to send his, his chain gang out to help on people's local right. farms. That happens, uh, or it certainly could happen. And in any case, I, I think that like the, the our, our system is this dumb, old-school, like Old Testament puritanical system of the point of prison is to punish evildoers. And as a result of that, we dehumanize everybody in it. Uh, the people in it aren't fully whole and able to reintegrate in society, and it ends up being more violent and more expensive. And so I would love to shift it to, like, actually right. trying to help them. get them, Like, focus right. on getting GEDs. Focus on uh, work programs that are, are preparing them for when they leave. And, like, have therapists on call. The, the, and the, the amount of people in prison that are there because they have mental health yeah. issues is astonishing. It's, like, anywhere from 20 to 40 percent. The, the largest uh, mental health provider in the state of Oklahoma is the prison system. Like we like, and these people are being absolutely, absolutely left out. And and I, I would love to. to I agree with everything people. you just said, but I do think if you commit really heinous crimes, you should be able to be sentenced to be like an intern for a podcast. <laughs> Turner's Turner does so much work editing this our podcast every week. How many it murders hours. is it? That and that's we should, we need in like a butler in the Seinfeld episode. We need an invol- involuntary invent- indentured servant. Podcast servant, you want to call it, whatever you want to call Agree it. Agree with Kaplan. And as now, long as it's not racially motivated. We have like five minutes left. I think we should do this in about an hour. So let's do yeah. one more and then we're out. Yeah. Um, should I go yeah. or Heaton, you want to go? He just uh, you know, I, I, he I already got it out of the system. This is final. coming out yeah. of Arizona. This is our last proposition of the day. This, Everyone, put this into your brains. Go do exactly what we say. Um, let's see here it is. Okay. They want to increase the tax on incomes exceeding $250,000, uh, for teachers salaries and schools. So mm. I don't know any teachers that make over $250,000, but, Principles. um, I'm happy that they're increasing those. Wait, hold on. Are they, are they taxing the, ju- it, it sounds like they're taxing the general population of the state of Arizona. <laughs> Teachers, not taxing We're teachers. Do a special teachers. This fat cat teacher tax. I was like, this is- yeah, man, man. I like I picked. I should have been a yeah. history teacher in wow. Arizona if they're pulling two hundred k. That's seriously has- what I thought. I'm sorry, I'm having a coffin fit over here. Turn his reading. Seriously, seriously, what I thought. I was like, wow, this is the most useless proposition in the history of man. To can I ask a general <laughs> question? Why do they? There's just some guy in the state legislature going through a divorce yeah. with a science teacher who's like, okay, I know how I could get her. This big, I'm going to get this provision. Well, put how do they, the state. Why do they decide to do some things by amendment and some things by, like, they couldn't just pass this in their state 
Like they can't get it done, this tax increase. So they they don't they want to make the people pick it and maybe some. I don't know how that all works. Yeah. I tried to learn not too long ago, like why sometimes it's like a referendum and a popular vote, and other times it's not. And I the answer is I have no idea. It, yeah. it varies dramatically from state to state. Uh, like like so so states that are like, like Oklahoma was was founded by populists, and as a result, um, the the initial framework for the state government was extremely. Uh, extremely skeptical of like politicians yeah. and bankers to the point that the Oklahoma state constitution literally clarifies the temperature at which kerosene ignites because they wanted to make sure that that was like, that was protected by law in case mm-hmm. some banker came in and like, like adjusted insurance claims or whatever. But uh, as a result of all of that, referendums are very easy to do in that state because uh, they, they wanted right. the people to have the ability to enact law outside of the elite uh, legislators that would otherwise be doing it. That happens sometimes. Sometimes there's um, sometimes there's uh, like a, a state provision and a state constitution which uh, determines the, the manner in which taxes uh, can be, be achieved. Like uh, like like some like like in, like in California, um, you need, I think, a simple majority to uh, to, ra- to to increase spending. But you need like a super majority right. to raise taxes. Uh, so, so like, like there's, there's a structural element and then there are other States where, uh, it like, it might require a referendum. My guess though, is knowing nothing about Arizona internal governance. My guess is that they couldn't get it done in the, in the, uh, legislature and that, and so like a, a referendum happened on a, on a, yeah. uh, like a ground level. But they really and, framed and it. it they way. phrased it in a way where it's hard to see it not passing. Cause if you say like raising taxes, no one likes being like, Oh, to pay for the teachers. Then it's all of a right. sudden. Folks, a, I just want to say that yeah. is why this is the world's smartest podcast <laughs> network. Yeah. Because that we, have, <laughs> we have people who can answer any question on face on the. We don't. We don't know if he's right, but he he, yeah. he sounded right. So yeah, he sounded it. great, guys. I know we I'm should just noticing that all of ours, except for Massachusetts, I think, were from Western states, and I I know we picked ones that sort of spoke to us. But I'm actually curious to go. We back don't do and it on the East Coast. Because, it, yeah, it could be a West Coast thing. And, and as Heaton was describing, it is different in different states. And I'm wondering if just maybe it's historically as those states formed or were settled, that's what the thinking was or, or why it is if there is a regional disparity. Yeah. Well, in New York, we banned slavery. It could well be. It, it wouldn't sometimes. surprise me at all. But, if. But I don't see them on the East Coast nearly as much, if at all. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you also have strong governors, yeah. weak governors. Like, like yeah, governors governor- are not all equal in power. Some states have very powerful governors. Some, some governors like really don't have very much power beyond appointing things. Governor, governor Cuomo is not going to allow anything go to a referendum. Let's just let's leave it at yeah. that. He <laughs> wants to make the decisions. So. Not a man where no, we have else. we have yes, nothing on our ballot in New York. What? It, it, it sounds like what New York did was do referendums, but do them away from the election in order to right. not have that many people right. vote for them, is my guess. Like if uh, like, I don't know if this is Democrat or Republican, but if you're like, oh, man, I think we can motivate our guys to vote for this. But we, we don't want anybody to just come in and, and like happen to vote against it because they're in favor of Trump right. or in favor of Biden. So let's do it on right. like a Tuesday uh, in, in October, right. the year before the election. And like and then we'll, yeah. we'll one of we'll the other things, through. too, that I think has been done, uh, but I don't know exactly, is you can put a referendum on the ballot to get bigger turnout for the other party. So I'm thinking of, I think it was Prop 8 in 2008 or 4 or something like that in California that was against gay marriage. And Mm. it got a huge turnout. And the thinking was that it also made a swell of support for other Republican candidates because people were so worked up about the Protection of Marriage Act or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, George W. Bush did that when he was running against John Kerry. 
yeah, Bush was pushing an amendment to the Constitution uh, defining marriages between a man and a woman, which was never going to happen. But it was just that right. way you could really get the conservatives fired up. And or, to yeah, turn if you're out in a polls. state, you can yeah. get enough votes to put something like that or, or something like that to drum up other participation. Yeah. Well, guys, mm -hmm. I'm going to I think All we should right. wrap yeah. this up. The yeah. uh, let's just just to review. We are in favor of wolves in Den in Colorado. Yes, specifically Denver. <laughs> yeah. Um we're in favor of gambling. We're in favor of whatever Eurozone they're creating in uh, in Massachusetts, whatever that yep. thing was. Uh, <laughs> rank rank voting, whatever that means. Uh, we were in yeah. favor the common of Massachusetts currency. That's good. Teachers making over 250k. <laughs> we were taxed. We were against slavery. We're I against slavery. Except you Kaplan, know. weren't you in favor of? Oh it? yeah, I was. I dissented. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaplan. I'm like a. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on an island here. And that's that's all I remember. We're, but, we're tied uh, on affirmative action. That was the oh, last one. We're divided. Yeah. We're, we're, we're split on affirmative action, and I am going to recuse myself from voting on the Arizona initiative because I don't know enough about Arizona education <laughs> policy to say no. whether that's right or not. Tax the teachers. Tax the teachers. Tax the teachers. Yes. Tax the teachers. They get summers point. off. These people, they complain about everything. They're doing everything on Zoom these days. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, hey. All right. So that's it, guys. World's Smartest Podcast Network. Everyone, go to our website. It's up now. Uh, we will be all linked together on iTunes very soon. Maybe even now, as you're listening to this, worldsmartestpodcastnetwork.com. You can listen to all of us. You can subscribe to all of our podcasts. That's it, everybody. Yeah, happy election. Well, hold on. Hold on. Right, right before we leave, though, can everybody go around and say what their oh, podcast yeah. is? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so we can yes. we can send people uh, over? So you guys, you, you guys review yes. cars. And Andrea is <laughs> like a gardening <laughs> yeah. show, right? We uh, are lost in America. Muffler uh, men. No. Kaplan, yeah. you're stepping on my promotion of our podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. By getting your Give dumb it. muffler podcast joke. He said, he said the car thing. Go on. We are the Lost in America podcast. We talk to comedians around the world about the global news events happening in their country. So what happens is because America is so inundated with American politics and Trump and everything, we get headlines from news going on in other countries. And then that's all about that's about all we get. So Kaplan and I will read a headline. We'll go, hmm, we want to learn more about that. We'll find a comedian who lives in that country. Usually they're some popular comedian. They'll spend an hour explaining that whole story to us. Examples being last week, we talked about Poland. We had on uh, a Polish comedian who explained there's a whole far right-wing government going on in Poland right now. They outlawed abortions. They have anti-LBGT zones. About a third of the country doesn't welcome LBGT people into their neighborhoods or whatever. So he explained all that to us, how they got there, what happened. All right, go ahead. That's us. Lostinamericapod.com. Yeah. The po no, Poland episode's great. I um and depressing. I uh, am the host of Ask a Political Scientist, which is a show about how amazing political science is, and I hope that everyone starts following and reading political science research. Every week I bring on a political scientist to have a conversation with me about their research, and I bring on a comedian and or person who's like an expert practitioner. So I did a show about the media, and I brought on a journalist to join to talk about... Um, uh, some of the deep science behind deep science. There we go. Behind uh, the crap we see in the world. So this week's episode is about uh, the research on what actually motivates people to vote uh, and why we do it. And then we had someone come on to talk about how you can motivate people to vote if you want to. And I host the Political Orphanage, which is a policy and comedy podcast. Uh, so on, on Wednesdays, I bring on thinky people. I, I, I bring on a lot of experts and I bring on a lot of authors and I talk to them about big ideas that are in the world of politics. I do it from a nonpartisan perspective, 
Uh, the, the show is designed for people that don't really feel super catered to by the big two parties, but are still friends with people they disagree with. Uh, so here a couple of weeks ago, I did uh, Judge Week, and I brought on a bunch of different legal experts to describe, like, this is how jurisprudence works. This is the actual fight happening in the court system. It's not just conservatives versus Republic or conservatives versus progressives. It's actually originalism versus living constitution. Uh, uh, last week, uh, I did, uh, or uh, uh, the week before the election, depending on when this episode comes out, uh, I spoke to um, the, the minor party candidates just to see what they were about and get their perspectives. So I talked to the Constitution Party, the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, uh, and the Alliance Party. And uh, uh, and then on Fridays, I completely drop all of that nonsense, and I just kick around funny headlines with comedians. Uh, everybody here has been on the show before and will hopefully come back on because I really re- enjoy joking around with you. So Fridays are just a, a cathartic release for all of the pent-up frustration we have And thank from you, politics. everyone, everyone from all three of our shows for su- supporting all the other shows. I know all of our numbers are going up because all you guys are subscribing to other people's podcasts, supporting them, reviewing them on iTunes, uh, uh, leaving comments, all that kind of stuff. So thank you, everybody. Heaton, yeah, you said you. you want to continue this conversation somewhere else. What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, I don't think we'll have time. He's I've got to get 1130. All right. <laughs> He's yeah. got another meeting. I'm, done. I'm another tapped day. out. And as a we reminder, have like 600 more propositions to talk about. <laughs> yeah. um, so, well, as a reminder, we do. <laughs> yeah, I really have strong thoughts on Velcro tariffs and the the great. Yeah. All right, we area. will be back yeah. next month with this roundtable. We're doing this roundtable to- uh, once a month, and uh, cool. that's it, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.